All right, welcome to But Wait, There's More, a conversation show about things we're thinking about, things we care about, and things that are important to the life and culture of the people of Legacy Church in Plano, Texas. I'm Kevin. I've got Patrick with me. What's up? And Shelby Van Menon is here today as our guest. Hello. Hey, we're glad to have you here today. (laughs) Getting to know Shelby a little more each year. We've talked about folks in our church and the Mm -hmm. things that God is doing in their lives. Mm -hmm. And you've been with us for a few years now, and it has been a complete delight for me and my family. And I know for our team, our staff, and the groups that you've been a part of, to not only know you, but to watch how God is shaping you and your life. And so we're excited to get to know you more today. Thank you guys. I appreciate that. Yeah. So listen, we've got some heavy hitting things on this show. So I've got a very important question. Yeah. Because I know that you enjoy watching movies and yes. I love movies, yes. I'm going to give you a choice here. You you get to select one actor's movie catalog and one only. It's the Battle of the Toms. Mm. Tom the Hanks, Tom Cruise, or Tom Holland. You only get one of their movie catalogs <laughs> for the rest of your life. Are you choosing the Tom Hanks collection, the Tom, Tom Cruise collection, or the Tom Holland collection? This is going to like age me uh-huh. because I'm going to go with Tom Holland. Oh, that's cute. Tom he's my Holland. generation and I'm a diehard Marvel fan. Yes. Okay. He's my favorite, like one of my favorite Spider-Man. So I, I know that's him. controversial, but I'm going there. He's one of my favorites. Patrick, is he the best Spider-Man or not? Yes, he is. Yeah, I, I'll give him that. that. He's the best Spider-Man, period. <laughs> is he yes. the best Peter Parker? Yes, he is. He's all, yeah, he's definitely Spider-Man, <laughs> the comic book version. I think it's, it's he's done a great job with it. Yes. I love it. And uh, have you seen Uncharted recently with Wahlberg? No, and but I, I, I have want to. Yeah. We rented it with it. the kids. Yeah, it's I've fun. It. Is it good? It is actually pretty good. It's a fun yeah. play. It is fun. I want to see that. It's kind of like National Treasure, I think. Yeah, yeah very, very much. Like taking a few steps down from Indiana Jones, but yes. we're having fun. Okay. All right, so... You don't have to have like a perfect answer for these questions. Okay. Just give me, you know, in the ballpark, a favorite book maybe you've read recently or a genre of books that you've enjoyed reading in your life. Mm-hmm. Is there a novel? Is there a, a book that's helped you get closer to Christ? Is there a book of poetry? What's something you've enjoyed reading at some point in your oh, life? Oh, I am, confession time, a terrible reader. Yeah. Um, I don't read often by choice. I've had to read a lot <laughs> for school. Yes, you have. Um, so that is kind of burning me out. So it's hard to want to read for fun when I'm reading so much for school. Yes, yeah. yes. But I'm hoping eventually I'm going to be done with school and yeah. can read for fun. Um, I cannot remember the name of this book, but there was a book that was really pivotal for me. I want to say it was like maybe left to tell or something. It was a, a story of uh, a woman who was escaping, I believe, Somalia. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah. that was a book that was wow. really uh, sort of transformational for me in my life. Um, so I love I love real life stories like okay. those. If I'm going to go with a book, I like hearing people's stories. I love it. That's awesome. Thanks. For, and, and get us that book title so we can I know. I've got to find point. it. I'll, I'll it find it. It reminds me of a, a movie with Sally Field uh, from the 80s, early 90s called Not Without My Daughter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Similar premise, uh, pretty powerful movie. Yeah. Put it on your list. Okay. Put it on your watch list soon. Okay. okay uh, talk about music. Do you like music? I love music. Love music. Okay. Uh-oh. So favorite artist, band, album. Uh, Let's see if this ages you. Let's I see. Know, Let's I know. see what this does. Oh, it changes all the time. I am weird about artists. I don't have a lot of favorite artists. I just like music so okay. my playlists are really random okay and they will be it's usually mixed genre of music okay. i like i don't like listening to the same music over and over again um so guilty pleasure is probably just some nice pop music okay um i really like i love classic rock i love 80s music 
I'll go through country phases. Um, Obviously, Christian worship music's way up there. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a favorite artist. Okay, thumbs up, thumbs down, or or sideways thumb. Okay. Okay. Uh, Bon Jovi, thumbs up. Love. Okay, um, Billy Ray Cyrus, Mm. (laughs) thumbs down. (laughs) Uh, Warren Warren G. I don't know who that is. Uh, Okay, early 90s, hip-hop. R&B, okay. Boys to Men. Um, sometimes when the, if it comes on thumb. my radio, I don't skip it. One we'll Direction. I like One Direction. Thumbs up. I like One Direction. Uh, the Killers. Like The Killers. Okay, thumbs up. I'm trying to hone in here. <laughs> what if we What if we went way back and we said like Frank Sinatra? No, thumbs down. <laughs> no, okay, no. okay, we're figuring you out a little bit. I got in trouble at work for calling like a song in the seventies oldies music. So really, I, it, yeah. it's interesting though. Like I remember as a kid, I would listen to the radio before bed every night, <coughs> and I put it on the oldies station, uh-huh. K Love and My Oldies. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and it was songs of the forties, fifties, and sixties. And today, that same station does play like 70s, 80s, 90s. Right. That is, I mean, it has moved. It has progressed. Yeah. You realize that happens. Oldies changes. Yep. So defensible. Okay. That's my point. Thank you. If you have free time at some point in your life, okay. you don't have a lot of free time right now, but mm-hmm. when and if you do have free time, what's something you enjoy to do in your free time? Um, I love golfing. Golfing is a big yeah. hobby of mine. Really? Um, yes. Whoa. I've put it on the back burner a little bit while okay. I've been in school, but I've golfed for the last... Gosh, couple of years, and usually I try to go at least once a month. Awesome. There was nice. a time when it was almost every weekend. Um, so, yeah, I love golf. I love travel. I love hiking. Um, anything outdoors is um, I'm good. If it's throwing a Frisbee around, yeah. hanging out in a hammock, uh, just anything outdoors is, is great. I'm an avid indoorsman myself. Okay. But I, I can appreciate that from afar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm already texting people, can we get some air conditioning in oh. here? <laughs> Hot summers, hot. summers are hard, yes. but yes, no, I love spring and fall golf. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Well, we want to hear a little more beyond just the surface level things right. of interest. Mm-hmm. So, talk to us a little bit about your story. Yeah, like I, I we we actually had a story time with you in our missions action team meeting, uh, where you're able to describe what it is you currently do for your uh, your job and your employment. But then there's this other side of you that uh, you introduced to your management and just kind of walk us through how uh, it happened. happened. (laughs) Um, It's a long story, but I I would love to share it because I think God is just, he blows me away constantly all the time. Um, And it's, it's so much more than I deserve, but uh, yes, I currently work as a dental hygienist. um, And that's something that I've done for probably six years now. Um, and it was a complete God thing how I even ended up in the field and, um, of dentistry. So I guess it started, if I can take us back to the beginning, um, I guess before Christ and before I knew him, uh, I did not really grow up in a Christian home. And so, uh, that being said, I still grew up in an amazing home. I have the most incredible family. My dad is the most generous and selfless person I've ever met. Uh, My mom, most loving and compassionate. Even my sister has such a big heart for people. Um, We just weren't very spiritual or we weren't religious. So uh, we never really prayed, read uh, our Bibles. There wasn't a lot of spiritual discipline. Um, So I did have some exposure to the Catholic Church growing up. My mom's parents were pretty devout Catholics. And so I was baptized as a baby, um, kind of did a lot of the Sunday school classes, went mm-hmm. through the sacraments of the Catholic Church. And so I that's how I, I got to know who God was okay. and who Jesus was. Um, but 
there was kind of a, a wall. Yeah. It was God existed in the church mm-hmm. and then life existed outside of the church. And it actually led to a lot of resentment mm. that I had to God. I think a lot of those sacraments within the Catholic religion probably serve a great purpose. Um, but when I'm really young yeah. and there's that disconnect, um, I had a lot of questions and there were things like confession would teach me that I had to do things to earn forgiveness. Um, And that made me feel like God was somebody who I had to be perfect for. And I knew I wasn't perfect. So I kind of hated him. I hated the idea of him. Um, So yeah, growing up, it it was tough. I really didn't have a relationship with God. Okay. Was there a, what was the turning point? Because when I met you, Mm -hmm. um, it's a very different story. And, and, and honestly, one of my earliest, Patrick, one of my earliest um, times with Shelby, though I'd met her here, right. I met her in the dental chair so okay. when I'm getting to know her, <laughs> which I'm already completely neurotic about yeah. moments like right. that. I understand. And so I'm, I'm all, and, and you guys are great at what you do, but like, I don't know if I'm supposed to speak <laughs> or right. not speak right. because you're, you're working on my teeth, Right. but you're, I'm asking you questions. You're asking me questions. Tell me about the turning point moments in your life yeah. when you began to have a relationship with God. God found me at my absolute lowest. Mm -hmm. I think I've just learned, um, you know, when you are a child of God and you're meant to be walking with him and you're not, it's really easy to feel like your life doesn't have a purpose. Uh Um, And so that was what kind of all through middle school, all through high school, I really struggled with depression. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my last two years of high school started wrestling with suicide. And that was, um, at the time, it was a lot more stigmatized. It wasn't talked about as much. And because everything else on the outside looked so great, I felt like if I told anybody, nobody would believe me. Um, So I, you know, and I think it was something that maybe I almost had to hit that low. I'm not really sure, but either way, God found me. And uh, it was May 19th of 2010. Um, I call it me and God's anniversary. I was getting ready to graduate high school. It was my senior year, and um, graduation was right around the corner. I had this exciting future coming up. I was going to A&M. Whoop. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs sideways? Giggle. Giggle. But... I don't know. There was there was an excitement that that I still felt like I was missing. I, I felt so much pressure in life and and that I wasn't fulfilling a purpose. And so um, I had come to terms with not wanting to live anymore. Yeah. And I sort of it was one of these moments that night. I was just face down on the floor, hands and knees, crying out to God. And I don't know what made me do it or what made me think to reach out to Him. I know my junior year he started. I think reaching into my life through Christian music. Yeah. It was kind of a way I could hear Him without feeling like he was directly speaking to me. Um, And so I just remember, and he's engraved these words on my heart, but I said, I'm so desperate for you and I'm so dependent on you. No matter the cost, I'll follow your plan for me. Mm. Um, And I didn't know surrendering your life was a thing. I didn't know that's what I was doing. It was just this moment of desperation of God, I need you. My way is not working out anymore and I need something. Um, And I just felt so overcome with this peace and this comfort. It wasn't like I had this vision of God or I heard his voice. It was just this overwhelming feeling that helped me get up off my feet and get back into bed um, and be willing to to get up again the next day. Um, And so that was the the turning point and the surrender with God, um, which he pretty much immediately called me into missions right after that. And that's, that, that is a very unique story because I think you described meeting a, a pastor that um, actually challenged you to go out. Uh, a lot of us who are new in Christ don't think mission trips, <laughs> but you were pretty new in Christ, and you got pretty 
immersed in mission trips, right? Yes. So tell us about uh, how you got immersed in their first yeah. mission trip. So it was a week later, I think exactly wow. seven days. Um, I get an email from a missionary and I had no idea what a missionary was. Yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't know this man. Um, I don't know where this came from. It's a long story of how it happened. The very short version is I'd written a paper over poverty in Africa to sort of graduate high school. And uh, my dad was my editor of that paper. Okay. And he had met someone through the YMCA where her and her husband were looking to do more full-time mission work. So yeah. she told him about that. And he was like, oh, my daughter just did this paper over Africa. Um, you know, here's a... And she kind of offered, do you guys want to sit down and talk and yeah. hear about what my husband's doing? And so we, we met one morning at Starbucks before school. Um, and me and my dad went and heard about this missionary and the work he was doing. And by the end of the conversation, he was like, it wasn't my intention, but I feel led to invite you on my next short-term trip. We're going to Sudan in December. So it was like six, seven months later. Um, and I remember immediately, I was hearing his stories of his experiences in Africa. I was 18 at the time, had yeah. never been out of the country. I'm like, you missionary people are crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The stuff you do is nuts. And so I remember politely like trying to find ways out of it. It was a two week trip and I was like, oh, well, you know, Christmas break's only two weeks. We have family stuff. And my dad's sitting there like, oh no, you'll be in college. <laughs> you'll have Dad. a month, you'll have a month <laughs> off. And I'm like, Oh, will I? And yes, it was a very thanks dad moment. Yeah. And then I think I ended it with the kind of the Christianism of, oh, I'll pray about it. And in my head, I'm like, no. Right. Um, and so I remember walking out of that Starbucks and there was like a Tom thumb next to us and the sun was coming up over it. And it was like blinding when I came out of Starbucks and this thought just like ran through my mind and it didn't feel like my own, but it was just, you just promised your life to God and you promised wow. him you would do this his way. You cannot be blind to what he has for you. My goodness. And yeah. that evening uh, <laughs> I signed up for my first mission trip a week into surrendering my life to it, God. So one of the things I love about this, and uh, we've talked about this a lot in our membership class as a church, that if you could find a person who didn't have a lot of background in church, mm -hmm. um, who solely had a calling from God, and the Bible, if they read the Bible cover to cover, front to back, mm -hmm. most likely the first thing that they would seek to do is be on mission. Why? Because from the very beginning, God sets himself on a mission to restore a family and to build a family for himself. And every time someone mm -hmm. comes into the family, mm -hmm. what does he do? He sends them on mission to bring more people into the family. Right. Right. And it ends with mission accomplished. There is a beautiful family from the nations of the earth before their heavenly father. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't first go, oh, I should join a, a prayer group. Yeah. What would happen is along the way, as we're living on mission, you begin to find other people who also desire to live on mission mm -hmm. and you begin to support each other through prayer and, and mutual growth and accountability and discipleship and become partners in worshiping. Yes. But it was, it was kind of mission first, mm -hmm. not find a huddle first. This is, this is your story. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you surrender to God mm -hmm. say, I've come to the end of myself. And you go, I'm not e exactly sure what that means, but apparently God, you're telling me That's I need to right. go on mission. Mm -hmm. And you began kind of living this, this missional life with this primary lens of where I'm going and what I'm doing is an opportunity for the kingdom yes. before you came into the church. Mm -hmm. How'd you come into the church? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I accepted Christ actually while I was in Sudan. Okay. Uh, we went on, on that trip six, seven months later and, uh, it, 
it was essentially an evangelism trip. We were going to go around to villages sharing the gospel. Uh, that was another thing they told me is we'll share the gospel. And I was like, well, cool, what's that? Okay. And uh, I kind of thought that was a fancy <laughs> word for the Bible. And right. I'm like, how am I supposed to read the whole Bible in six months and tell people about it? Um, but uh, that was how they gave us um, those Avenger cubes to kind of teach oh, the yeah. gospel yeah. story. <laughs> and that's how I learned what the gospel was. And that's, that's how awesome. I learned to share it. And it was in Sudan that I heard the gospel for the first time. I shared the gospel for the first time. Um, and there was actually one woman I had the opportunity to share with who accepted Christ. And it was it was so funny. She was talking with my trans. She came up after the, the presentation and she was talking with my translator and was sharing how she wrestled with not wanting to live anymore. And and I remember telling her, I think God wanted us to meet. And so we, we shared a little bit about our stories and it was kind of the first time I didn't know I had a testimony. Yeah. It was kind of the first time I got to share that with her. And then they started praying together. And, and I told her that, you know, I think I'm here because of, of what Jesus did. Yeah. And they prayed and then he turned to me and I, she was crying and I was like, what just happened? And he's like, she accepted Christ. And I'm like, cool. What's that mean? Like, <laughs> I, again, I didn't know that was a thing. And, yeah. and one of my team members told me that that's when you accept Christ in your heart. I think it's Romans that talks about you confess with your mouth as well, that Jesus mm -hmm. is Lord. And, um, that's what she did. And I remember in my brain thinking like, okay, God, like I want to piggyback on her prayer. Like yeah. I accept Jesus too. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, that was how I accepted Jesus. And uh, sort of came back to to my life after that trip, um, and and to answer your question about the church thing, I still struggled um, yeah. finding church and finding a church home. Um, it was several years, long time, yeah. long time. Um, thankfully, I had kind of started as a spiritual orphan, but God put me in such an incredible group of people in college. It was still outside of the church mm -hmm. um, and very missions based. And that's how I grew in my walk. Yeah. But um, yeah, still finding that church home took a long time. So it was the very end of college when I joined my first church. And, you know, the pastor and his family, they were amazing. And I met some really great people there. But I also had some not great experiences as well. And it actually pushed me away from church completely. So when I graduated from college, um, I kind of swore off church. Yeah. I said, God, you didn't find me in church. This religion thing, it just isn't, I can't, it's not working. I can't make it work. Mm -hmm. We're doing so much outside of church. And when I was in church, it's like outside God's call on my life was so clear. And in church, things just, it was blurry. And it felt like it was mm -hmm. all about, about the people within the church. And I'm like, you know, where's the heart for the world? Where's the heart for your people? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, for, it was about four, four and a half years of no church at all, of living at Perrin Dallas, working in hygiene. Um, and then I kind of ended up in legacy, to be honest, against my will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was something that, um, uh, where, where I met you in, in the dental chair, um, I worked for Nick and Allie Cox and that was their dental practice and they invited me all the time. They're members here at legacy and <laughs> we laugh about it now because I was just like, no, I'm good. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't need church. And, um, it was actually, uh, Jamie Forbes was one of, one of our patients and she, um, invited me to their life group. And so that's kind of how it started for me at Legacy. And I told her the same thing, like, I don't want to be pressured into going to church. And yeah. she's like, we won't just come hang out with us. Um, and so I did. And that was how I started meeting um, more people. I met Zach, obviously, and then uh, more people through Legacy. And I was blown away by the heart in this church. And mm -hmm. everybody I met was so loving and so compassionate and so kind and so selfless. Um, it still took me about two years um, after the Forbes Life Group, I'm um, actually switched to the Wash Life Group, and Brandon and Natalie are other great influences um, in my life and encouraging me to come to Legacy and give Legacy a chance. 
Um, and so it was, I think I came to my first service. At that point, I had been in life groups for almost two years. Um, and I came to my first service November of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, came for about two weeks and then was like, I can't, I can't do this. I like this too much. It scares me. God, like I can't. And I just, I felt like I was already knee deep in this church. I'm like, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I have to always go back to my promise. And that was no matter the cost, I will follow your plan for me. And if this is what you have for me, I have to trust you with that. Um, So it was during the COVID shutdown actually, when I loved the way you guys handled that. And again, just blown away um, by the selflessness and the service of this church. Um, So that's when I reached out and was like, hey, I think I want to join. And Legacy is legitimately my first in what I truly consider um, my church family and my church home. Blown away by that. Absolutely blown away by that. And so grateful that we could be that family for you. Mm -hmm. And I think part of the cool thing is, um, and I I know what you mean in some regard, Mm -hmm. that sometimes church, who we are, gets really confused a lot of people define church by what we're not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've appreciated by about the people of Legacy is their willingness to call out their own hypocrisies, mm-hmm. their yeah. willingness to um, be humbled and fight for humility because they value it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because we're people, we don't do it perfectly. Right. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, we're able to face that together. And so I'm, I'm so pleased to have you a part of the legacy family. Yeah. And a part of that excitement is, is yes, the church at large, but also just the ability for my family to get to know you mm-hmm. a little deeper and to just enjoy seeing and knowing who God is making you to be. Amen. And I, you know, God has obviously so many wonderful things he's doing in your life and through your life. And right now you're chasing some of that. And I want to hear about some of that now, yeah. but just want you to hear genuinely the enthusiasm and excitement we have for watching God continue to challenge you, shape you and mold you uh, into something I mean, beautiful and powerful that this world needs. So it's our honor to have you a part of the family. Thank you guys. I appreciate that. All right. So uh, you've alluded to school a couple of times. (laughs) Yes. And And you already have a job. I mean, what are you going to school for? (laughs) I mean, talk talk to us about this because you've made some major uh, changes in the last couple of last year. I have. Can I talk about what led to these changes? Is that all right? Um, This is a a little longer of a story, but I'd like to walk you all through my my year of 2020 because that's when things really changed. And I felt like up until that point, I had surrendered my life to God. Right. I, I felt like I had made those steps. Um, and, and I just, it, there came a turning point where I was like, God is needing more yeah. and I'm ready to give that. Right. Um, and that happened in 2020. So this was a really big year for me, obviously for everybody. Right. Um, but for me in a little bit of a different way, yeah. um, to start off 2020, it was February of 2020. I did, I was working as a hygienist. I was doing about one dental mission trip a year. Um, and all of my trips up until that point had pretty much been refugee care trips in the Middle East or village trips in Africa. And God specifically called me to Bolivia. And this was a very different trip. It was a human trafficking relief trip. Um, and I had had my first exposure to human trafficking when I was in college. Um, I, went to a big uh, conference that kind of talked about that and what that looks like um, and, and and met some people there who had survived yeah. experiences like that. And it just, I remember it sticking on my heart and I remember feeling, man, I am not adequate to do anything yeah. about that. Um, and so when God called me to this trip, it was kind of again, like, really? Like, I trust you, God, but I like to wrestle with them sometimes too. Yeah. And I'm like, really? Like, I don't know if I'm adequate to do that. Um, 
but he called me there and I got to see it firsthand. It was an incredible trip. Um, we went and worked with a, a wonderful organization that's helping to legitimately rescue women and children from that industry, um, provide another means for those women to make have income so that they don't have to rely on prostitution. Um, and, and our clinic got to be a part of that, and it was really cool. And we even did a prayer walk through the red light district just to see how dark it really is yeah. and how prevalent and real um, the evil is there. Right. Um, and it just, it shattered my heart. It, it felt like it shattered my world. I cried myself to sleep every single night. Um, and then when I left that trip, the world shut down because of COVID. It was the spring of 2020. So I had a lot of time to kind of sit and reflect on that with God. And it was the first time my heart was kind of like, maybe he's calling me to work in ministry. Yeah. Maybe he's calling me to do something different. Right. Um, and again, I was scared. So I kind of pushed those thoughts away. Um, and then life picked up and got normal again. And you know, I'd feel those thoughts slipping in and I'd be like, yeah, but God, I like my life. Yeah. <laughs> I like my job. I like, you know, what I've got going with this one mission trip a year. I'll go back to Bolivia. I'll do it. But like my life's good. Yeah. Um, and then in the fall of 2020, um, as I shared, May 19th is me and God's anniversary. So every year I like to celebrate that. I'm a naturalist at heart. So I love to go hiking um, to celebrate that. And because of COVID, the park I wanted to go to, this would have been our 10-year anniversary, uh, was Paladero Canyon, but their camping was closed. So I was like, I'll save it for the fall. Well, it doesn't matter when I celebrate it as long as I celebrate it. So it was, I think, the last weekend in September, I went out to Paladero Canyon and was just wrestling and wrestling this calling with God. And all I could feel is he was like, something big is coming. And I was like, okay, God, great but you got to give me more than that. Yeah. Like, what is it a change? Do I need to change jobs? Do I need to change careers? Do I need to go back to school? Uh, what, what does this mean? Right. Um, and I didn't get an answer. So naturally when I, I don't feel like I'm getting an answer from God, I do like to go to scripture. Um, so when I got home, I'd had this stack of Bible studies on my desk. I pulled off the top one on the, the stack. It was over Habakkuk. Okay. I did not know Habakkuk was a book in the Bible. It's a real book in the Bible. I know, let alone a person. I was like, okay, cool. Guess yeah. we're reading Habakkuk. I don't know what in here is going to help me, yeah. but let's start here. Um, and so I was reading through Habakkuk and I was just blown away. I was like, Habakkuk, my guy, he's sitting here. He is wrestling with God, just like I had done all weekend. Um, and now his wrestle was on a much larger mm. scale. He was um, literally watching the Israelites' enemies. I think it was the Babylonians coming in and, and just destroying them. And so he's arguing with God and he's like, why are you just allowing this to happen? Mm. And God responds to him. And I think it's Habakkuk 1.5 where he says, mm. look among the nations, wonder and be astounded for I'm doing a work in your day that you not believe if told. Mm. And that verse, again, I know it's on a big scale, yeah. but it personally, it so hit my heart. And I felt I could just picture God talking to me being like, you wouldn't believe me even if I told you what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. And then I call it God's mic drop verse because I imagine him just dropping the mic after that and walking right. away. Right. Um, so I was like, okay, God, you're right. Even if you told me what was coming next, I wouldn't believe you anyways. Um, and then it was probably a week and a half later. It was on October 7th. I ended up in a near fatal car accident. Um, and this was a, a very life-changing accident. Um, there is one angel story that I would love yeah. to share if, yeah. if that's okay. Cause it, this is a, I try to share this every chance I get. Um, but basically what happened is me and a friend, we were on I 30 up in Arkansas, just on a, we were going to go on another hiking trip and uh, we ended up in some construction traffic. So traffic was at a standstill and a semi truck came up behind us out of control. Um, so we were rear ended 
Um, but because we were sitting in traffic, we were behind another semi. So we got crushed in between the two semi trucks. Um, praise God that everybody survived this accident. Um, and even greater praise for how he protected my friend. Um, she was driving and thankfully had gotten knocked off to the side. She still certainly had injuries, but um, she didn't end up pinned under the trailer. Um, and that is where I ended up. Um, so the trailer from the semi in front of us was only two inches from my face. Um, the hood of our own car had been crushed inwards and was resting on my chest. So it was pinning me down in the car. Um, I had had such bad whiplash related injuries. My head had been kicked back and um, I just, I could not move my head. I immediately started being concerned about paralysis because I, you know, fight or flight kicks in and you're mm -hmm. just like, Shelby, get out of the car, get out of the car. And I, I can't move an inch of my body. Mm -hmm. um, and just right as all of this is happening and the smoke is kind of settling down from the airbag, um, I also had broken several ribs and was cut open on my side. So I was bleeding really bad and I could tell I was bleeding. Mm -hmm and I couldn't breathe. Um, and I just remember having this just clear as day thought of, I feel like maybe I've somehow been cut in half and these are my final moments of life. Mm. And um, cause I couldn't look around, I couldn't assess my injuries. I could just see the metal and feel the pain and I couldn't breathe. Um, and for some reason I couldn't feel God. Mm. And I think that was the hardest part. Cause you know, you can just feel him. He's, he's yeah. always there, he's always with you. And I couldn't feel him. And so I remember closing my eyes and the tears were coming down and I was screaming at him in my head of like, God, I am so scared and I feel so alone and I think I'm dying and I don't know why, but I can't feel you. And um, all of a sudden, within moments after that, that prayer, uh, somebody who had witnessed the accident behind us came running up and he was like, is everyone okay? And they were like, no, 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 someone's under there. So he came up and he smashed the back window of our car. He climbed into the seat behind me and he asked if I believed in Jesus. And I said that I did. And he put his arms around me and he prayed with me uh, for 10 minutes until the paramedics got That's there. Awesome. And so I love to share that story. I call it my angel story. And it's because I believe that was God in that moment saying, I know you think you can't feel me, but I'm right here with you and you are not alone. Um, and so, and so that's something I, I really hope people can hear that and know, even if you've known God your entire life, if you're ever going through something and you think you can't feel him, he is there with you. You are not alone. Yeah. Um, and then to people who maybe don't know God, um, maybe the next time they feel that alone or that scared, they can think, Hey, maybe God is here with yeah. me. Um, so he did, he sent someone to, to be his hands and his voice. Um, and that was a, a special memory that I'm thankful to have, um, but yeah, so just to, to continue on, I, I was pinned under the car for over an hour. Um, they had to cut me out, and I was care flighted to the number one trauma center in Arkansas because they said my wounds were supposed to be fatal, um, but I walked away from the hospital the next day. Um, so God so provided and so protected yeah. um, throughout the entire thing, but I had some severe injuries that uh, needed a lot of time to heal. It took about two months of pretty much bed rest, a lot of therapy. Um, one injury that has not healed is I have permanent nerve damage in my right hand. Mm. And as a dental hygienist, that was terrifying because yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't know if I would be able to come back and do dental hygiene again. Um, so this was when those very real conversations started happening with God and, and there, was, there was no more wrestling. Yeah. Was, okay, God, I, I see what you're doing. I know where you've got me. I don't want to doubt anymore. I don't want to feel inadequate. I believe that I am capable of anything with you. Yeah. And that was um, through some guidance um, 
with the Fosters, with Justin and Becca Foster, um, that led me to deciding I did want to go to seminary school. Yeah. And whether I utilize that degree or whether I, I just utilize the education, um, I've learned so much in how to be a better cross-cultural communicator and how to contextualize the gospel to different cultures. And um, I know that it's something missionally that, that I'm going to be able to apply the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm currently in seminary and I'm going to wrap up that degree plan here in August, hopefully. <laughs> um, and and a big, big part of that was that car accident. It just took a, me needing to recommit my life to God and to just beg him, if, if you could just get me out of this, God, I will not waste what you've given me and I will give more of myself to you. Um, it led me to changing my job as well um, and ending up in a position where I could do more mission work. Yeah. Um, my boss has allowed me to take 10 weeks off a year um, to do. Time oh, out. Okay, so you, you go to yes. a new boss mm-hmm. and yeah. on the front end you say, but here, here's the deal. There'll be a dental hygienist for you, but <laughs> I need 10 weeks off. And you say it's not to go travel the world and lay on the beach, mm-hmm. but it's for mission trips. Mm-hmm. And he says... Go for it. He says, go for it. <laughs> hey, can I, can I try this? Hey, yeah. Kevin, can I have... <laughs> go ahead. Finish the sentence. <laughs> Ten weeks. To go on a cruise. Well, <laughs> permission trips? Permission trips, of course. Yes. <laughs> I, mean, yes. I think you kind of have... Well, your, I kind of do. You kind of But, do. I mean, just the... It's, I it, think it's the a, boldness... It's, a, it's an audacious ask. And, <laughs> and, and it has to be a spirit-led thing. And what yeah. makes it even even greater is to know that your boss isn't a part of the Christian church. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a part of a different world religion. Yes. And yet uh, he is quick to say yes, yeah. even when it's I'm going on, on mission trips and I'm a Christian. Yes. Yes. Leaving my last job was the hardest thing I've ever done. I loved that office. I loved everybody I worked with. The patients were incredible. It was something God was calling me to. And I was like, I know this doesn't make sense, but I, I just, there's something else that he's putting me in a position for. Um, and it was, it's an office where I have coworkers from all different world religion backgrounds. Um, and, and maybe he needed my story to be in that office, um, for whatever reason. And it was, I, I was terrified. I ran it by so many people of, is this crazy? Is this a crazy thing to ask for i've only been working there six months but <laughs> they could just be like no we'll find someone else who wants to be here um but i just there's there's no more wrestling there's no more hesitation um i i was like let's if we're doing this let's go for it i believe he put me here for a reason and um and they have been incredibly supportive as well they've supported financially yeah. um they they've been messaging me all day being like we're, we're praying for your travels and um they want updates and it, it's been really cool yeah, yeah it's great this point in life, is there anything you do casually, just kind of <laughs> halfway? <laughs> I don't know if God will let me. That's like I, and I truly, I mean that humbly. Yeah. It is my desire to live as just the most willing servant in everything I do. I want people in my job to know why I do what I do, why I care the way that I do. Um, it's because He loved me first. It's because He found me. I knew what my life looked like without Him, and I just. I, I do. I hope this story can can help people see that you don't have to work for a church. You don't have That's to right. be a pastor. You can live your life normally and still live missionally, still be an evangelist, be a disciple maker. Um, those are not, you know, it is, you know, I do feel a special calling to missions, yeah. but those are not areas of giftedness. The, the Bible's very clear on what's a gifting, but if you're a Christian, you are a missionary, yeah. you are an evangelist and that. a disciple maker. It yeah. doesn't, 
it, it may look different and we can use our gifts to make it look different, right. um, but we can be doing that all the time. Yes. And that's what's what we have in common. Every Christian's vocation or main mm. thing yes. is spreading the kingdom. Yes. Right? It's, it's allowing God to use you to make the family. Mm-hmm. And we have different occupations. Yes. And the thing that is you know, beyond just your personal integrity and the, the honest humility with which you pursue the Lord, the thing I admire is the way that you have ordered your life. And I mean, true admiration. And I'm yes. blown away by how the Lord is leading you and how you're, you're willing to follow him. Thank you. So uh, let's talk about this just for a second. You mm-hmm. said your coworkers are texting because travel, you're about to go on a trip. I am. Um, <laughs> and we'll, we're going to jump and do another um, uh, moment with you to talk specifically yeah. about this trip that you're right. on. But we're moving into a season of partnership as a church. You're part of the family, church family friends, all of these things, but we're moving into a more official capacity in terms of recognizing the call of God on your life to be giving away more and more of your days and your time Mm -hmm. for specific mission travel work. Uh, And some of this is going to be like in Bolivia, and some Mm -hmm. of this is going to be other uh, dental hygiene related trips and and variety of trips that you'll have in this 10 weeks a year available to you. Uh, and so we introduced you to the church on stage a few weeks ago. We called you our, our resident missionary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what that means for our, our church and for our listeners today simply is that uh, as a church, we want to surround you in everything that God's calling you to do, that we would be aware and praying and supporting financially and encouraging you and building you up and, and engaging in everything that God is doing in and through your life as you give your life away on mission. And we recognize in this way, you're representing the kingdom of God, but um, we wish to go with you in this way. Mm -hmm. And we realize that as you go, we are part of our family. So you're representing your family and we want to do well by loving you well and supporting you well. And so uh, this year and in the days to come, as you go on trips, we're going to invite you to talk to us about the trips, Mm -hmm. where you're going, what's what you're doing so that the church can have details. A lot of times when you've been on trips in the past, no one else really knew the details (laughs) of what was going to be happening, what difficulties or challenges you might face. Mm -hmm. But we want to know those things so that we can stand with you in prayer and make sure that we are uh, excited to receive you when you come home and give you every opportunity, not only just because we love you and we believe God's going to do big things as you go, but also because we realize that we need training. Uh, I need training. It's easy for us to fall into the patterns of our, our rhythms and schedules of our everyday life. And someone who is willing to have their life up upturned and uprooted uh, over and over again really can bring some incredible inspiration to our lives to be listening and to be ready to trust God. And so we're excited yeah. Thank to you. partner with you as our resident missionary. Amen. Thank so, you, guys. Yeah. And I know something y'all said in some of these conversations that just stuck in my heart so much is, as you said, this is our way of knowing, like, so that you know that we have you. Yeah. Um, and that support, I mean, it means the absolute world. A lot of this work that I do, it takes an emotional toll. It even takes a spiritual toll at times. Yes. Um, and, and that support, it really does. It means the world. And, and I also, on my end, I feel an obligation to give back to Legacy and, and a responsibility as well. Um, I'm in this position. I, Like I said, I, I know what my life looked like without him. I even have a chapter where I felt like I was this person who... Um, you know, I accepted the blood of Christ as payment for my sins. And, and that's an amazing thing. That's accepting the free gift of salvation. And heaven is rejoicing in that. And if you are somebody who has done that, that's amazing. But then I was kind of like, yeah, but the story, I think, stops there. 
And that's where I love that God is like, the story does not stop there. You have an obligation to take this gift and to give it to other people. And that's, I think, my heart for this church is I see that's the heart that this church has. I want to try to to be an inspiration and to be a constant encouragement to you guys as the church um, to just see that, to see that reach our neighborhood and our community and the nations um, because that that's what that gift is. And yeah. we're meant to, to carry that on and give that to other people. Um, so I just, I appreciate the support, but also the the platform to try to be that encouragement for you guys. Um, and, and I'm very excited for what, what God's doing in this yes. church. And, you know, I want to add that even through this conversation, I can't help but not feel inspired. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and if, if you're in a place where, like you stated earlier, um, if you're in a place where you don't feel God, the inspiration about the story of how this person came out of nowhere and at least gave you a sense of hope mm-hmm. is just understanding that God is with you regardless of what we're feeling. He's there. And I think that's a, a great reminder for all of us, wherever we are in our walk, our missional walk, he's there and he's willing to use us at any given time. And I, I really appreciate the ministry that you do, especially with our mission action team here at the church, everything that you've done, we really really admire it and it does inspire us thank you guys Absolutely. it's easy y'all are great shelby thanks for being with us today we thank appreciate you. it patrick oh yeah. as always yes, sir. uh thank you for asking on air for 10 10 weeks off yes <laughs> you're great to work with <laughs> you're accountable friend. now <laughs> um, he, he don't want me to go because you'll miss me so i, I get it i would I, get I, it. I really i really would you know I will, we'll, we'll settle on six weeks okay, okay, okay. Hey, this was fun i really appreciate it hopefully this was helpful to someone out there who's listening or watching today uh, to hear Shelby's story. Um, one of the things that you said, maybe maybe you, you're in a moment where you go, I didn't know I had a testimony. Yeah. And that's something that resounds in my head. And, and I think we do. We have a story. If you have a story, there's a narrative of your life and God is in there somewhere, huh, you have a testimony. And so I hope today you're encouraged to think about your own story and the way God is calling you, gifting you, forming you, shaping you for glory and for good. Yeah. And I hope that you're encouraged uh, by Shelby's story today. Uh, you can reach out to us as she travels in the upcoming trip. We'll give you more details on a next show about that. But you can reach out to Patrick or I anytime uh, or email podcast at legacychurch.org. And we will forward messages to Shelby uh, as we go. So we'll see you next time. Until then, this has been But Wait, There's, there's More. more. <laughs>